Suffrix, it's your boy Marty here to introduce this rip of TFTC. I sat down with my good friend Rod Bitkite, co-founder of the Bitcoin Park in Nashville, Tennessee. Host of Builders in Bitcoin podcast, where he sits down with builders in Bitcoin to talk about what they're building, why they're building it, how they approach the business aspect of it. He's maintaining Bitcoin TV, he's a Bitcoin miner, very underrated Bitcoiner, I'm ecstatic. I was finally able to get on this side of the camera. He's doing a lot behind the scenes, especially for the Nashville community. Our good friend Matt O'Dell is lucky to have him as a, as a partner at the Bitcoin Park. This episode was brought to you by Dick Pills. Does your dick not work? We've got a pill for it. Go to dickpills.com. Don't go to dickpills.com. I don't know where that's going to take you. I'm joking. We're not, we're not pushing dick pills. We would never push dick pills on you. We push quality services like Unchained Capital's trading desk. Now available in Connecticut. If you're a Connecticut freak and you're looking to buy Bitcoin the most secure way possible, go to unchained.com slash trading. It's the best way to buy Bitcoin. You buy Bitcoin and it goes straight to multi-sig cold storage. No thinking about getting a wallet, getting an address, plugging it in. No stress of having that third-party risk, that single point of failure risk of an exchange holding your sats for you in the form of an IOU that you need to worry about. Like, oh, what am I going to sweep it off exchange? Doesn't happen with unchanged trading desk. You buy, it goes straight to multi-sig cold storage. You build a two or three multi-sig vault with unchained. You hold two wallets, two keys represented on two different wallets. So you have control of your Bitcoin if you have those two two keys. Unchain holds the third key. It's a beautiful thing. Beyond that, they have their loan desk, their IRA product. You want to sweep your cuckbuck IRA into Bitcoin and hold your own keys. Unchain can help you do that as well. Go to unchain.com slash trading to check out their trading desk. And unchain.com to check out everything they have going on. <laughs> I love working down the hall from these guys. This was also brought to you by good friends at Brains. 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 Brains, 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 brains. If you're not running brains right now, Brains OS Plus firmware on ASICs that are compatible with it, you're literally leaving sats on the table at the worst time. Hash rates ripping, prices staying flat. You need to be as profitable as possible, so you better be downloading Brains OS Plus auto-tuning firmware onto your ASIC if it is compatible to get more sats, to get more hash, to elongate the life cycle of your ASIC. You gotta, you gotta be mining smart right now. Brains helps you mine smarter. Brains makes your brain better, makes your operation better. In many ways, you have the auto tuning firmware. They have the insights.brains.com, Brains Insights dashboard. Get you all the data you need. You can you can stare at the dashboard and cry at the at the hash rate ripping and the the hash price falling. We're gonna get through this, freaks. Rod and I talk about it. Go to brains.com, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. This trip was also brought to you by good friends at Huddle Huddle. Huddle Huddle is here to bring you a lending platform with no KYC, no AML, peer-to-peer, -peer, and it leverages Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties. If you need some liquidity, what you do is you put your Bitcoin up in a two or three multi-sig escrow wallet. It's a beautiful thing. It's a fucking beautiful thing. Leveraging Bitcoin's native properties. 
You can build new systems on top of Bitcoin. Hoddle Hoddle's doing that. You put your Bitcoin in the two or three multi-sig escrow. You hold one key. Your counterparty holds one key. And Hoddle Hoddle holds the third key. You don't have control over that Bitcoin in that escrow account for obvious reasons. However, you have visibility. So you put it up as collateral. You get stable coins in return as long as you're paying back that stable coin loan plus the interest associated with it. The interest rates are, are lower than many other offerings out there right now. You're going to get your sats back at the end of the day. You know they're not being rehypothecated. If you have stable coins, you want to get yield, enter the other side of that marketplace, put them up. Bitcoiner puts up collateral. You give them the stable coins, they pay you back plus interest. If they don't, you get the sats or some of the sats in the escrow account. No KYC, no AML, peer to peer, lower rates. Bitcoin's native multi sig properties. I'm going to keep doing this, Matt. I don't care if you don't like it. Ta ta len.hodlhodl.com. Last but not least, this rip was brought to you by our good friends at Upstream Data. Upstream Data. If you're a miner, you want to mine at home, you want to mine upstream using stranded natural gas or gas that would otherwise be flared, Upstream Data is building the infrastructure for you. At home, they have the black box. Uh, they have a couple sizes. The original size can fit two miners inside. You, you plug it in outside of your house. It's a black box. It's a box, so you close the box, and it, it takes the sound from... To... Oh, my God, you're so sexy. He's like, start whispering to you and say, Oh, you don't need dick pills. You don't need dick pills. You got... You're strong. You're strong. You're stacking a lot of sats. It's, up. it's awesome. If you want 5% off a black box, use the code FREAKS. Go to shop.upstreamdata.ca. Then if you're doing more industrial mining, like myself, you get a hash hut. I have many hash huts now. They're beast. The hash hut is a data center that houses miners. It also comes with a generator that is purpose-built for mining with natural gas. And the upstream data builds some of the highest quality generators I've come into contact with in the Bitcoin mining space. I've... Been around a lot of generators. Not all generators are great. Upstream datas are. Uh, they've got 50 kilowatt hash shots, 180 kilowatt hash shots, 900 kilowatt hash shots. So depending on your scale, what you're trying to do, they have the infrastructure for you. Again, comes with the generator, and they can also get you the miners. Uh, if you need a miner for the black box or the hash shots, Upstream can broker that as well. Go to upstreamdata.ca, tell their sales team that tftc sent you and enjoy this writ with rod bitkite Tiki. you've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free if you talk about a fed just gone nuts all all the central banks going nuts so it's all acting like safe haven I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Can it be used in a positive? Like the oh, yeah. Sixers were, uh, that John on the Sixers was, you know, shot lights out. Yes. Did you see him hit that John in the fourth quarter? Oh. Change the game. Change the game. You see him D up that John? Oh, yeah. That John was, he was bussing. Yeah. He was bussing. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know what bussing is. <laughs> We're getting old. 
No, that was, uh, I mean, I went to high school in North Philly. And that's right when I was in high school. I think that's when John started becoming popular in the Philly area. It was like 2006 to 2009. All the kids who, who lived in North Philly would come. They started saying, John, we're like, what the fuck are you guys saying? And we all picked it up. And this was when you were at like a Catholic school? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. 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 Nice. We're live, by the way. Are we really? Oh, yeah. Oh, sick. The okay. Ninja launches on us. Nice. Thanks, Logan, for that. Yeah. Here we are. Did you ever think after... Where's the first time we met in Brooklyn at the... What was that hotel called? The Ace Hotel? Or no? No, it wasn't the Ace. It was... It's across the street from the Williamsburg Hotel. Um... I vividly remember one time, and may have been the first or the second time I met you. It was with your colleague, and CK was like, you got to go meet this guy, Marty. Or not, no, no, sorry. I was going to meet you. We were going to talk about some stuff outside of Bitcoin. And then I think I came back to CK, and I said, hey, I met with uh, Marty Benton, this other guy. I think we can work oh, this thing Oh, me out. and Dwayne, yeah. we got... Uh... Yeah, we got, that was the first time we met. We got lunch. We got lunch at a really nice place, by the way, in like the South Street Seaport area or whatever in New York. Uh, and I was like, oh, these guys are sh sharp, blah, blah, blah. We should figure out a way to work with them. And then CK is like, dude, you met, you had lunch with Marty Bent? He's got this amazing podcast and he does like <laughs> this rabbit hole. Rega I honestly, I think it was like maybe like our first like 10 episodes or something you were doing. I was like, oh shit, I got to. Yeah, so it had to be like 2018. Yeah. Where were you at that point? You were in Nashville still. I right? was still in Nashville, going back and forth between New York and Nashville still quite a bit. Um, I moved to Nashville in 2013, and that's where like, I joke with a couple of the colleagues here that are traveling back and forth uh, between New York and Austin. I could tell you flight plans left and right, which is just sad. Uh, whether you're flying United, you're going into Newark, or you're doing the Delta at the LGA, I could tell you schedules of from 7 a.m., 10 a.m. to 11, 1 p.m., 4 p.m. You know, when I got stuck like with weather, uh, weather and so on, I'm like, all right, got to get to Atlanta, got to get to Detroit, because I was a Delta guy, mm -hmm. and so you got to be able to get to those hubs, and then you can easily get home if you needed to wherever the heck I was. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I was in New York. Uh, yeah. Just catching up with you. And I mean, the Bitcoin scene there was fire. I was actually funny enough going to meetups and I'd be going to New York, like you and Matt, or maybe Matt was doing his cold card workshops. Do you remember that? A chain code. Mm -hmm. And then I would fly in and he was like, yeah, there's my friend from Nashville, Tennessee coming to uh, New York <laughs> for a cold card workshop. And, uh, those were fun times. It, they were. Now I have the timeline of our interactions because that was the lead up to Bitcoin 2019. Yep. And so for any freaks who don't know, Rod has done a lot in the Bitcoin <laughs> space. He's doing a lot. Founder of the Bitcoin Park in Nashville. You've got, yep. You're running Bitcoin TV as well. With All with others. Matt as well. Bitcoin TV with Wiz and Matt. Yep, for sure. Before that, you were... BTC Media running the conference, and that's that's the uh, the bar in Brooklyn. I'm thinking about that was if 
funny. It was me, you, and Matt. Oh, that's right. right I don't think we can talk about that story. Please don't <laughs> talk about that story. <laughs> can we please? Ah, go for it. Matt and I were sitting, it was the lead up, it was pre like literally, he probably should not have flown to New York because like the COVID hysteria was just picking up and you were trying to convince me and Matt that Bitcoin 2020 was still going to go on. And we were like, right. it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. And well, I mean, just to, I love stories. So we're just probably going to talk about stories for the whole time. Like not, this is, I hope you guys were doing RHR growing and so on. And I pitched the idea of doing a live uh, RHR on the rooftop of 2019 for you guys. Mm -hmm. You guys are like, okay, yeah, I don't know how it's going to work, but sure. And then that was kind of, I, I'm, and I think that was your first live rip and it was your first live party rip. And then, you know, fast forward to today, every time you guys go to a conference or a meetup or whatever, you guys are doing live RHRs and party riffs, which is just awesome. Yeah. We had, we had one trial run in New York before Bitcoin 2019, but 2019 was certainly the first to go crap. There's like a crowd here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sitting on picnic tables. It was me, Matt, Pierre, Francis, Francis and Bitcoin sign guy. Yep. Yep. And then that was, that's when I knew I was like, this, this community is pretty special. Yeah. And how did, how did you get into it? Man, I, uh, so how did I get into Bitcoin? Um, I, you have some kids. I now have a number of kids and, uh, <laughs> I got three and a goals. fourth on the way. You, goals, um, your uh, your dad goals here. I, I got to catch up. Come on. Um, but uh, I was working in tech. You know, yeah, companies that went under, companies that went public, or got acquired, blah blah blah. And I don't know. I just was like, there's got to be more to this whole like legacy and kind of what I'm doing. And uh, then I just started to like reading about Bitcoin and crypto and seeing like how crazy this is. And I, honestly, like in 2011, 2012, like my friends were like, Hey, you should get into Bitcoin. It's kind of crazy. I'm like, Oh really? Tell me how to get into Bitcoin. They're like, Oh, you just go on Craigslist and you go buy some like, you know, Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm like, go fuck yourself. What are you talking about? Go get a job, go pay your taxes. I was like a very like, you know, status guy. Um, and then in 2013, 2014, um, I'd just gotten married. We gotten acquired by a big tech company. Life's pretty good for me, you know, uh, traveling between Nashville and uh, New York. And then a bunch of younger guys on my team are like, hey, you know, you should get into this Bitcoin thing, like open up a Coinbase account. And I opened up account. I didn't do anything with it. I'm like, you guys are just gambling on these stupid ass Bitcoin thing. Go be productive, you know, get it, you know, Pay your taxes, whatever. And uh, then not only till like 2017, uh, that bull run, when my father-in-law, my best friend and my brother, all like within a week were like, hey, are you into this whole, I know you're in tech, you know, blah, blah, but like, are you into this whole Bitcoin thing? I'm like, you know what? I need to like dig into this. The next thing you know, for the next year, I was just traveling around to meetups, conferences, absorbing as much as I could. And uh, I said, you know what? I need to just figure out how to work in this space. And so that's where we are. Not only are you working in it now, <laughs> you're doing some incredible things. I mean, you got Bitcoin Park. Obviously, we're collaborating on some mining stuff. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah. I'm bullish on Tennessee. I'm very bullish on Tennessee. I don't want to give up too much alpha, but there's some interesting things going on in the state of Tennessee. Everybody's coming to Texas, even though I live in Texas. 
uh, mining up in Appalachia. We are mining in uh, Tennessee. Uh, that's for sure. I think uh, so. The backdrop, you know, my kids are born in Nashville, Tennessee. So number of generations. So I'm very long Nashville. So uh, it's a lot easier for me to do these like kind of crazy projects like a Bitcoin park and uh, uh, mining in the state of Tennessee. Um, but our energy mix is really interesting, especially with the Tennessee Valley Authority. A lot of nuclear and coal. I think the stat was like something like 45% and someone needs to fact check me and keep me honest, but I think 45% of the uh, energy produced is nuclear from the TVA or the, in the state of Tennessee or the, from the TVA. That sounds about right to me. So uh, how cool is that when you look at, you know, each of the energy grids uh, or energy production by state and having that type of mix in your home state? And having nuclear as an option, that's pretty badass to me. It's, it, it drives a lot of certainty, that's for sure, in a world in which energy infrastructure is becoming less un, less certain by the day. Totally. And, uh, you know, to go all the way back to your point, like getting into Bitcoin, like, you know, it's, the journey is like, you know, you kind of like want to learn. You're just, I mean, every single day I'm learning something new, but you go... Now my time, capital, and reputation is all in on Bitcoin. I mean, that's what I'm doing. And to the point where now, I mean, professionally, I'm mining Bitcoin at some significant operations that we're doing. You know, a 10 megawatt facility is not too shabby. And I say all that because if you're into Bitcoin mining, it's like playing multi-level chess, Mahjong, Go, and games that you don't even know the complete rules to and are learning <laughs> on the fly. I mean, it's unbelievable every single day. Like you could have a, a, a PPA, a power purchase agreement. And you think, I mean, you should have it all legally, you know, from a legal standpoint and a, and a op standpoint really buttoned up. But if you miss something and you maybe missed a variable rate, you know, that could uptick based on whatever reason you could be effed or, okay, your entry point was a hundred Terra, hundred dollars of Terra hash machines on a futures order for, uh, you know, a year. And you're just sitting on that and you levered, levered up, uh, bye-bye. Yeah. It's, I mean, I've been falling down the mining rabbit hole for. You helped me get into it, by the way. Four years now. And there's, like you said, there's just so many variables. A lot of people in the market are unaware of. Going back to that PPA, putting my 1031 cap on and like having to diligence different mining operations and talking to people about like PPA stuff and I'm like is this they're like this is yeah. the all-in cost I'm like are you sure are you that's sh the the all-in cost and many times people will think they have an all-in cost and it's nowhere near nowhere near it what actually happens totally and that's where I think like someone needs to meme the uh, bell curve of like the dumbasses like me on the left side which are like just give me my all-in co cost per kilowatt and I know how much I'm going to directionally mine. No, give on. me my all-in. Yeah. What is the all-in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like all-in, no backseas. Like I'm literally paying this based on the efficiency of the miners that I have. And then uh, how are we going to hold this accountable on a month-over-month -month basis? Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. That's for damn sure. Um, especially right now. Especially right now. I like... I, I really don't know how these, I, I want to make sure I'm like, these publicly traded mining companies 
that, and I need to do more diligence on them, like looking at their, you know, uh, financial results or quarterly uh, earnings results. Like, how are they going to survive if they've loaded up on this amount? Because there's four quadrants, by the way. I, I think about mining in four quadrants. There's the the best quadrant, which is total exahash goes down, Bitcoin price goes up. We're dancing, we're drinking, we're having a good time. Then the second, the other quadrant is like uh, total exahash is going up, and then the Bitcoin price is also going up. Still good, you know, because we're we're making our uh, margin there. And the other quadrant, the third quadrant being the total exahash is going down, Bitcoin price is going down relative based on a percent base. Okay, still not great, but still we're making uh, money. The baddie quadrant, which one we're smack right in the middle of, is total exahash going straight up, Bitcoin price going straight down. So you better have some good discipline. You better have some strong PPA agreements. You better have some strong teams that are uh, know how to run the miners efficiently. Um, they're just, again, going back to that whole thing of like, you're playing Mahjong, uh, Go, chess on a multi-level basis every single freaking day. Yeah. And there's so many variables like you described, like the ASIC price, when you buy it, how you buy it, I think. That's been one of the big lessons the last yes. two years for a lot of miners is futures orders probably aren't the best way to go. <laughs> Buying spots is not too difficult. And even if you have to pay um, a little more per terahash for, yeah. for a miner, the fact that you can get it delivered in two weeks and plugged in. That, that and a very efficient miner. Yeah, that time cost of capital is turning out to be very important. Um, the time from purchase to plug in. I think I saw a tweet from you and I was, I wanted to ask you this off air, but we'll ask it on air. Um, you, I think you said you're alluding to that in a couple years, the price, the price per terahash is actually going to increase. Yes, I could see because the mining manufacturing is going to slow down based on, uh, not fulfilling these orders or something like that. Well, so the mining bitmain and, micro BT right now, since we're in a bear market and a lot of miners are going under, other miners are simply not deploying capital. They're not buying the inventory that micro BT and Bitmain have all of it. And that hurts their revenues and their production is highly dependent on their revenues and their profits. So actually leasing the foundry floor to make the mm -hmm. chips in 2023 and 2024 they have to go get those leasing agreements signed in ink now and tell them like, Hey, we need this much space. We're going to make these many chips. And what we're seeing right now is that the revenue and the profits for micro BT and Bitmain predominantly aren't where they need to be to get the same amount of foundry space that they have in the past. And so that tweet that you're mentioning, uh, that I wrote is, is I could see foresee if we rip if the Bitcoin price recovers in the next 12 months and mining becomes another meme, you have energy companies begin yep. scooping up all these distressed assets. You have other large miners who are better capitalized and better positions to, to capitalize on scooping up these distressed ASICs. You could see the, the vacuum on these dis distressed assets sucking things up rather quickly at some point in the next three to six months. Awesome. So all that supply gets ripped off the market. Uh, we rip into a bull market, head into the halving. And if micro BT and Bitmain don't have that space to build chips as demands skyrocketing, mm -hmm. 
with, and this is all dependent on the Bitcoin price going up. And, yep. And this is just a theory. I could be wrong. No, could, dude. But you could see yourself toward the end of 2023, middle of 2024, where the perception of Bitcoin in just not only the mining industry, but more broadly, globally, in the financial sector, in the energy sector, shifts on a dime and everybody's like, oh, Bitcoin's here. It's not going anywhere at that point. 2024 will be 15 years old yeah. and people are like, all right, we need to get exposure every way possible, um, which puts a, a run on ASICs, which drives the price up and then the manufacturers won't be able to keep supply up. So I could see like a slingshot. We go down. Yeah, that's right. The slingshot. We, yep. We yep. go like to 10 to $15 a terahash <coughs> and then we'll start slowly climbing at some point. Just, I mean, people were talking about last year, when we were running up towards 60K and everybody was thinking 200K yeah. by conference day. <laughs> I wonder who said that. <laughs> there was, I mean, there was discussion like in the in the raging bull market last year, like, oh, we're going to see $200 a terahash. And that proclamation may have been correct. It just may have been a few years too early. That's right. Yeah, man, I, I love Bitcoin so much and I'm addicted to hash, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's just... Uh, now I dollar cost average into like miners as much as I can into, and like, I got to give a shout out to Denver Bitcoin, Adam, he helped. I mean, dude, the community is so freaking amazing. You can pick up the phone and talk to so many people over the last couple of years, consistent and reliable energy, cheap, consistent and reliable energy is the home run when you're talking about mining and you got to work to find that. Um, because now if you're plugging in at like nine cents a kilowatt and you bought like a S19 pro, that's like running 95 terahash with not the best efficiency. You're probably, I think you're under right now, uh, basically yeah, you're hash under right now. Yeah. And, uh, again, it's not for the faint of heart because then you look back and you're like, Oh, I should have just bought Bitcoin at that point in time. <laughs> um, Matt D'Souza, uh, rest in peace. He actually had, you know, uh, he was, I think, on Stefan's pod, and he said something really interesting, like, I think in 2017 or 2018. He's like, the Bitcoin miners are the most bullish uh, Bitcoiners out there. You know, I don't remember if you know, remember that, but, yeah. like, I mean, we're basically buying this hardware that does one thing, mines Bitcoin. Uh, we're putting up a lot of capital up front that we could have otherwise just bought Bitcoin, and it's our belief that we're going to make this margin and we're going to accumulate more Bitcoin over time at a lower price point than the spot price. Yeah. And again, mining is not for the faint of heart to get into it, especially with the newer gen machines. You have to have like a five to seven year outlook. Oh, totally. You get to foresee this period that we're in now and just mentally tell yourself when you first get in like hey we're gonna get to that one quadrant where price is going down and hash rates ripping and you're buckle just, up you have to stomach that storm batten down the hatches and just not get that, that's the thing like there's when i advise companies that i'm involved in with how to like think of this it's just like it's scary when you're in the yeah. middle of the storm, but you have to recognize that you're in the middle of the storm. This, this too shall pass. Yep. It's not freaking out. And the other thing is just having, it's easier said than done, but having the discipline, especially on the financial side, because like if you're at 60K, uh, you know, Bitcoin price, like everyone and their mom's 
you know, buying miners and then the, you know, overarching, um, sentiment is like China's definitely turning them off. We are plugging them in, you know, we're each state is bullish and we could talk about the state or states, you know, how they're looking at, uh, incentives, uh, to, uh, for miners. Um, I get it, but then it's like, oh, it's kind of like gambling in a way. Oh, I'm going to pull a HELOC on my miners. I'm going to put a HELOC on my Bitcoin. And then I'm going to go double down on these miners at $100 a terahash or $100 plus a terahash. And then on a futures order that I'm not going to even take uh, possession of for another 12 months. Oh, and by the way, all that infrastructure that's being built out that was supposed to be done, you know, six months ago is another delayed another six months. Yeah, it's just... Well, I think that's part of what we're seeing with the screaming hash rate right now is that the infrastructure that was being built yes. in this state finally got done after many oh, in te Texas. Yeah, yeah. After many delays and like you're talking about like a multi-year infrastructure build out with all that sunk capital, totally. tens of millions of dollars. And I, I feel for those miners that just had to turn on in the beginning of October with hash price being where it is and. <laughs> like having no other option like hey we spent two years building this out and all this money we've got to turn on Dude, similar to you like the last four years uh, and I, I want to say like TFTC always has like a, a slight mining bent here and there because you love mining like same thing with the park like uh, the meetups we do topical monthly meetups and so on but I really dig into the mining uh, uh, topic and like I'll blow that you know, agenda out because it's just so interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, it's the most fascinating part of Bitcoin in my mind. Obviously there's many fascinating parts, but this inherent connection between the physical and digital world yep. and not to use a, a cheesy pun, but the proof of work necessary to actually plug in machines that are doing Bitcoin's <laughs> proof of work is immense i think we lean into by the way the proof of work always especially in new conversations it's like proof of work we are doing this work here when you're hosting a meetup you're doing work here when you're you know creating something like a commons here uh parker and the team here doing that it's like they're doing the work here to make it happen rather than just you know larping and talking about it they're being about it which is um very Bitcoin, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that reminds me of a thread I was reading from Andre Neves from Zebedee this morning, where it was basically like, yeah, what are you going to do? Yep. Like his last tweet, he quoted uh, Lisa. Um, Dude, she's so sharp. Yeah. She's like, yeah, you can talk about it, but like, are you going to be about it? Like, what are you doing to actually make it happen? Like, yeah, stop man. talking about it happening. Like, what are you doing to make it happen? <sighs> totally. And, and, and I will say this, if you're not technical, like there's, oh, I'm not, I know, which I am not uh, at all. Um, there's other ways. And I think like, not to change gears here real quick, but like even organizing your own meetup in uh, your town, like uh, your friends are organizing Bitcoin John, which we, that's how we started on the whole Bitcoin <laughs> John thing uh, in Philly. I think November is the first one. November 7th. Yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. You going to go to it? Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. Flying home for it. Yeah. Dude, Bitcoin meetups are so dang freaking cool. Whether it's like a couple people at a bar to like a hundred people that's topic or a bit devs that we had last night with a uh, shout out to Ben, Carmen, Justin Moon and Buck Pearly for organizing it. Like going to those or helping organize those in your local community 
will be extremely rewarding uh, in my humble opinion. Like Matt and I, one of our first real events at the park was this event called Grassroots Bitcoin, where it was just through Telegram and DMs that we just meet, reaching out to Bitcoin meetup organizers. We had over a hundred people show up in September at the park. And it was just like trading ideas, networking with each other, sharing our experiences. Um, Bitcoin meetup organizers are a rare breed. Yeah. It's, it's essential to the grassroots movement. We, again, being about the actual grassroots movement, it's totally, and that's the one thing Matt and I are really proud about rabbit hole recap specifically. It's, it's turned into this new Bitcoin meetup announcement platform, dude. What you and Matt have done with RHR, uh, is such a insane legacy. Um, it's like legacy documentation and you guys are doing this for in for Bitcoin in your, in your way, if that makes sense. Meaning like how, like the conversations week over week over week, and it's not a podcast. I really believe it's a show that people are tuning into both your personalities, but more importantly, staying up to date on Bitcoin in the hour or two hours that you guys cover it that then inspires a meetup organizer to actually start a meetup. It inspires somebody to go and go do Summer of Bitcoin and then participate in that program. Or it maybe inspires somebody to go to Chaincode Labs and work out of that office or go to a cold card workshop or whatever it may be. Um, I probably in the minority, but I think we need more podcasts, more meetups, more events, more stuff to get people in the meet space world together uh, interacting around Bitcoin. Agreed. No, and your idea for Bitcoin Park, like, thank you for syndicating rapid. Obviously, Matt is yeah. a co-founder of Bitcoin Park, and uh, we have some some ends there to get our our programming on on the TVs during the day. But your idea to like make the TV like just you're not going to play CNBC or Bloomberg. It should just be Bitcoin content all day throughout the park. Absolutely. And I was talking to Parker yes, or this morning as well as yesterday. Like, you guys have great TVs. This common space is so dang cool. And it's like, even if it's on mute, and then someone's like, oh, I want, can we turn it on and just listen to you guys talking, either the live show or recording show. And then there's all these other shows, too, that you can then, like, I got to give Josh, uh, who's our new community ops manager at the park, a big shout out. He's, like, made the park what it is uh, and will be. Um, and he's just such a nice, uh, amazing person, but he'll go around and like set up different, like, uh, shows on the TVs. And especially when it's Thursday, typically, uh, and you're li you're about to go live. It's like on every single TV, which is a fun little like treat for, uh, the folks at the park that are members. Yeah. That's, that's been another fun trend to watch is it's so weird. Cause yeah, the start out as a podcast, like Matt and I didn't start doing video. I remember because COVID. I, do you remember I actually called you up and I was like, "Hey, what? Uh, are you, are you thinking about doing video at all? Like, I feel like that's like the next natural play." You're like, "Ah, no, we're like a podcast, blah blah blah." And then next thing you know, you guys are just like, "I mean, we're doing video. We're in a studio now." <laughs> I got to give you a lot of credit. This studio is badass. Thank you. Like the design, everything. This is super comfortable. I can't take all the credit. Shout out to Kaylee from Unchained and. She's the community manager at the Commons, and Parker, we call him the uh, the Feng Shui King. He was he was very involved with uh, yes, a lot of the the design of the room. And then shout out to Mitch next door, 
you know, tang out these lights, but now it's been a, a group effort. And that's something, I mean, with COVID and yeah. recording from my father-in-law's bedroom for two years, that's one thing I desperately missed was when this started in New York, every single episode was in person. I know. I, I was like desperate to just get that back. It's so much better. When, oh my God. Totally. And I'm very thankful that you um, having me on. I mean, going back to the park, I mean, it just, we got, and that's where I think I did like a tweet. All right. I know I did a tweet, but uh, Terminus now in Atlanta, uh, shout out to Stephen DeLorme. They got a, a co-working hacker space for Bitcoiners. Uh, PubKey, that's about, to, I don't know if they- Shout out Thomas. Yeah. yeah okay, cool. Uh, they have the Twitter account they're tweeting. So I think it's going to be- Yeah, he's fine. He, he, okay. loves, he loves the free press. Go to PubKey. Okay. That's going to be freaking awesome. I mean- Awesome. If you can get on their telegram somehow, some way and see the photos of what they got cooking in New York is going to be so badass. And I cannot wait to visit. Actually gives me a reason because I'm reluctant to go back to New York because I think it's like, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> living there for 10 plus years and you as well. Like we remember New York, the way New York was so amazing. And now, man, I just... I, I want to remember New York the way I remember New York and I don't want to go back and be like, oh, really? You want me masked up this way and locked down that way? Yeah, I went back July or August of last year. I drove up for like a lunch meeting. I was just like, ah, yeah. I was in Soho. I was like, this is not what I remember. That sucks. But yeah, anyways, so PubKey. Um, then there's uh, Redding Bitcoin Center out in Redding, California. Shout out to those guys. We got obviously the park here. You got uh, Pleb Lab. You got the Commons, and a, a Chain Code in New York. And uh, when I said more pods, more events, more meetups, we just also need like more of these like little spaces too. Don't go over your skis like me and Matt have. Uh, I do not <laughs> recommend that. Um, but like make your own little space um, and start with a bar, start with wherever, and uh, get folks together. Completely agree, but. I'm happy that you guys went over your skis because the Bitcoin <laughs> Park is sweet. Let's talk about the act. Like, you got who was the band that owned it before? Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> um, it's an incredible space. Thanks, man. Uh, so, Florida Georgia Line was this like country poppy band. Um, you probably know some of their songs. Uh, and they had the space. They had a, what is two buildings. So, there's one co working building, and then there's like a uh, publishing recording studio and a retail shop in the other building. Um, and I got to give them a lot of credit. They put in the, all the little touches that they made were insane from the sound treatment to the co I mean, we have a freaking coffee bar in one of the buildings, which is pretty wild. Powered by Ibex Mercado. Dude. And so like, just going back to the experience, totally like, I, okay. So when you come into the park, you know, you want to buy a, uh, uh, we have very discounted rates. So, I mean, like, I think a LaCroix is like a dollar, a Fiji water is like two bucks and uh, a beer is like maybe like, um, you know, a couple bucks or whatever. And uh, the, only, the only currency you can use is Bitcoin at the park. You know, it's not like you go to Europe and use, do well, they probably want dollars now. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but that's cool. We have Bitcoin art infused uh, throughout. Shout out to Dennis, who's the art director over at Bitcoin Magazine, who's like been curating a bunch of amazing um, art pieces throughout. We actually have a black box uh, 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 rig with an S9 in there. Um, 
it just you gotta I, I hate even talking about it because I, you gotta just come visit the park and see for yourself so yeah we just every month we have uh, um, what I want to do is have always a at least one if not two community uh, meetups or events that is open to the public like come on so we now have a Nash bit devs which uh, is an, another amazing story but we do that uh, then we'll have an open house, which is a, our Bitcoin monthly topical meetup. And then we'll try to do like, it's like kind of like a Bitcoin week, if you will, for the month. And then we'll do like a, a, a summit, if you will, like a two day, maybe ticketed event. Actually, our first one is going to be this mining summit uh, January 12th and 13th. And um, I think it could be pretty special because, you know, this is not, Similar to like the meetup experience, you could have it like be very, very social and we'll just meet at the bar and just talk and chat. That's great. Or it could be very, very technical to bit devs, or it could be like in the middle where it's topical plus networking plus, you know, whatever. I think where these events, cause you alluded to like in 2019 creating the Bitcoin conference and it was like, I think 1200 people, which was like maybe 2000 and I was like, whoa, we got this many people here this is crazy now that's like kind of table stakes a lot of these events which is also great but i can see where there's going to be a contraction where you want to get as much high signal around a specific topic so you may be like in the, the variable that we have or the constraint that we have is our time like where do we spend our time and uh you just can't go or i mean i've more kids than Bitcoin. So I cannot go to, uh, you know, travel in the world like I used to, to go to meetups and conferences. Um, so I think having focused um, events and meetups um, can go a really long way. So these longer tails. So like in November, we're doing a Bitcoin and public policy event, uh, which is also really interesting. Um, December we're doing with partnering up with slim and doing a Tennessee beef initiative, mm -hmm. by the way, you're coming up for that. I believe I am. Yes. Yeah. How cool is that? The U S cattlemen's association, which I think you had Brooke on mm -hmm. the pod. Okay. And, uh, I need to, I need to catch up on that. It's on my download list. Um, he's holding the U S cattlemen's association annual event in Nashville, Tennessee, December 8th through 10th which is just, okay, amazing. So what we're gonna do is December 7th, uh, we're gonna have a community meetup, uh, an open house called like Beef and Bitcoin, where anyone can come and we'll have ranchers, producers, Bitcoiners talking. And then we'll do the Tennessee Beef Initiative. I, Slim and I still need to iron this out, but the 8th and the 9th, we'll have a Cattleman's Feast and then like four workshops um, that Slim will be running. Um, and then that 10th actually, and I'm, I hate this uh, plugging all this stuff, but I think it's somewhat interesting. Uh, seed signer, Keith and seed signer are going to come into town and they're going to do a hands-on workshop. So I can see going like up a level you know, at the commons, at pub key, at terminus, at Reading Bitcoin center, at chain code is like these specific, um, or at pleb lab or at the park, these specific topical focused, um, Bitcoin initiatives that people come in and whether it's 10 people, 20 people or hundred people, super high signal, highly dense, highly productive in that regard. Yeah. And like you said, it's becoming harder for me to travel 
as well. And so it's like beautiful to see all these local meetups and you don't have to travel anymore. Cause that was like a thing Like we had to go to San Francisco to go yep. to the Bitcoin conference to meet Bitcoiners had to fly all the way to Riga had to, um, if you're in the Berlin, Tel Aviv, I mean, we were going all over yeah, the place. People were coming from all over the tri-state area to get to the bit devs in New York. Yep. Similarly here in Austin, when I first got here, it was just Austin, but now we have Houston and Dallas. And so people were coming to Austin from these areas and now they have their own meetups that they can go to and not have to travel three hours. So it's, it's definitely happening. And I think, I don't think, I think we know just cause we've seen it up close. I've been going to BitDev since 2015. So I've seen it like the momentum grow for seven years now more than seven years coming up on eight years. My first bit devs was like January, 2015. So awesome. And it, like what's happening now, like all over the place is astonishing to see because the momentum builds and builds and builds. And I don't think people really uh, grasp how much the in-person interaction drives a fire under everybody's ass to Dude, go do totally. something. I, I feel like my, Pre-kids, pre-Bitcoin, life was very analog. It was more transactional, like, oh, I'm going here. What's my benefit? Like, what am I getting out of it? Where I went into this digital, like right when my daughter was born, it was like digital, like, oh my God, this is this is real world now. And then also same, similar like feeling with Bitcoin, even though I truly believe Bitcoin is just a tool that enables me to live the life that I want to live. Um, I do, like going to a BitDevs, like especially in New York and shout out to Jay, who's a absolute legend. Um, he like, actually I'll maybe it's tell the story about how Nash bit devs came about, um, which is a fun little story. Uh, we did grassroots Bitcoin. Awesome. We had like bit devs or bit devs organizers from Raleigh, uh, San Francisco, Chicago, uh, New York, and I'm probably or Atlanta and I'm probably missing a couple other ones all in town. And then Casey, shout out to Casey Rottermore. He's like, after two days of just like hanging, partying, so on, I'm exhausted. Again, got three kids uh, and four, fourth on the way. And they're all going to be four and under. So like, that's <laughs> kind of freaking help. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I love it. I God bless your it. wife too. Dude, she's the best. I mean, like that's a whole nother conversation. The, the most important decision you're going to make in your life is not, you know, getting into Bitcoin. Bitcoin is whatever, to be honest with you. I don't, you know, vilify me, whatever. But like choosing the person you want to spend the rest of your life with is like the most important decision you're going to ever make in your life. Yeah. So you fuck that up, you know, like doesn't matter how much Bitcoin you have. I think we're lucky we made the right decisions. Yes, we did, buddy. Um, so then uh, going back to the story. And so Friday night, Casey's like, hey, uh, I'm still in town. I'm leaving Sunday or whatever. I'm happy to host a learn rust workshop for anyone who's in town. And like culturally in Nashville, we, I've been trying to figure out ways to get more developers, more technical people involved with our meetup. Um, and I was like, all right, dude, I'll set up the meetup page. I'll send the tweet. I'll do all of that stuff. But like, I, I don't even know if like one person will show up or a couple people will show up. He's like, Oh no, it's all good. Like, that's totally fine. Even if one person shows up. And this is why my point is just do it is so key, even if you don't know the direct benefit. So uh, Steve Myers, who uh, uh, recently is the 
home, a maintainer and contributor to the BDK project, uh, recent Nashvilleian. Love Steve. Um, he's such an amazing. Love Steve too. Such an amazing person. Miss you, Steve. Um, you'll see him in December. Yes. And January for the mining summit. Um, anyways, he, he's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I, I really want to, you know, do that. And then we had Nate from um, uh, Before Bacon One, uh, the North Houston Bitcoin meetup organizer and uh, Voltage uh, uh, guy. Uh, he showed up and then Evan from the Raleigh Bit Devs showed up. So I was like, oh shit, okay, we got four people. And then there was one extra person that showed up, this guy, Matthew. And so we'd been hanging out for the past four days, but then Matthew shows up and I'm like, hey, Matthew, good to see you. And we sit down and then Casey's like, hey, how about we go around and just explain like what we're working on, what program we like writing in. And I'm like a freaking, you know, LARP in the room. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I'm just learning like, you know, HTML, no, but whatever. And so they, they get to Matthew and Matthew, and oh, I don't think I've actually even told you this story, which is Matthew gets there and he's like, I'm really interested in this BDK project and seeing how ways to contribute. And Steve and I looked at each other like, there's Steve right there. And he's like, in my language that I write in Swift, I actually developed some apps. And uh, I don't know if you guys listen to like RHR and Marty and Matt, but they actually, Marty talks about, uh, talked about, which was very kind, uh, my block screen app. Dude, Matthew is in, in, in Nashville building out that uh, app. And uh, I hope he's okay with me talking about this because he's just awesome. And, uh, and he... Uh, I was like, what the heck's going on here? And he's been to a bunch of our meetups and that's why I think there it is, dude, shout out, Matthew. Shout out, Matthew. We're at block heights, 759,691. Heck yeah. And, uh, he's such an amazing person. Anyways, long story long, uh, I leave and then Steve and Matthew start chatting. They're like, Hey, we should start a bit devs. And I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> Cause that was like one of the, like, our dreams, me and Matt, like was to figure out how to have a, a, a bit devs in Nashville without like being overly LARPy because it just wasn't in my wheelhouse. So long story long, uh, just do it. Yeah, just do it. And bit devs are so high leverage. Like I mentioned, I've gone, I'll be eight years into my bit devs journey. And again, I'm a LARP too when it comes to developing, but due to the newsletter and yeah, yeah. the show, I like, I like, I'm like, I always went at first, like the, I went to BitDevs two years before the show started, but going to BitDevs probably gave me the confidence to start the show and the newsletter. Dude, last night you were contributing to the conversation and I actually learned a lot in terms of how a BitDevs with Justin, Buck and uh, Ben up there, you need the audience participation having some core members like the Lisa's, the Tony's, the Brian's, the super test nets and yourself that are kind of engaging in the conversation, which is just, was phenomenal. So kudos to you, man. Uh, I mean, I just asked this because you were asking many questions, by the way, not just like one question. I'm curious. I have to talk yeah. about this stuff. Yep. I'm like, how does this actually work? Again, I don't want to LARP. Uh, and that's actually been my cheat code in this space is bit devs. Cause yep. you get to go ask the people building the shit. <laughs> totally. It actually works. Dude, totally. And that's like, if you're out there and you're like, oh, I can't go to BitDevs, I'm not technical. I'm not, I can't write a line of code. I can't even write HTML, CSS, but I can conceptualize how Bitcoin works after eight years of going to BitDevs and just the osmosis of hearing the terms over and over and over yeah. again. And 
asking questions. That's why local community, local Bitcoin community is so amazing. Like the park will, I mean, there's a still a very high probability it fails, uh, but it is the stop that. <laughs> I'm just you can't have that mentality. Uh, well, you get, uh, but it's so fascinating having a com- community supported initiative and seeing how like I'll have like people that have been coming to meetups and so on. They'll be like helping change out the toilet paper, or cleaning up this, or like helping. Like we have general guidelines uh, to enhance everyone's experience when they come because you're coming in from maybe Austin. Others are driving like hours to come to uh, our meetups, right? So we have general guidelines to enhance everyone's experience. So I think they're five now. It used to be three, but now it's five, which is, you know, we're here to talk about Bitcoin, the capital B, the monetary network, as well as Bitcoin, the lowercase b, the reserve asset. What we're not here to talk about is altcoins, NFTs, LFTs, crypto, blah, blah, blah. Totally fine. There's another meetup for that. But for this two hours, we're focused on Bitcoin, the capital B and Bitcoin, the lowercase b. And then we have a no photos and video policy just so that everyone feels comfortable um, uh, being there. Uh, The third one is actually, I was telling Parker this, like we have a like keep side conversations to zero just because on the acoustics, because you want everyone who's here to be able to ask a question, hear a question from the audience and engage the conversation. And then the other two are just now having the buildings. It's like pick up after yourself and park freely wherever, except the church parking lot next door to us. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> get, get towed. Um, but like similar to Austin, I feel like Austin has the same vibe culturally. People are so respectful. If you just give them, you know, like help them with the guidelines of what you're trying to build. I mean, people are folding up chairs after that we're done with our meetups, putting them away. They're picking up stuff. They're getting napkins and wiping down. I'm like, y'all are the freaking phenomenal people. That's, and, I mean, as I mean, I don't want to call it a club, but like it's very, you're creating, I don't want to say culture either, but like, hey, you're coming to this. You're a part of it. Well, that's totally. That, like no, having those guidelines, like, hey, you're a part of this. And they feel ownership. Even though you're not it. here every day, if you come month in and month out, yep. like you are, like we're all doing this together. It's yeoman's work. Um, and the small things, like folding up the chair and cleaning up after yourself. Like it, it's insane. Like when you build it, like there's like this gravitational force where you feel ownership around like the community aspect. And especially, I mean, you. I saw the aesthetics of like, like last night. I mean, every single person just is looks feels it and is different but the common denominator is bitcoin mm-hmm. and you immediately have that common language with that person and respect and curiosity and you know the list goes on um and then being in real life like it was funny our first meetup dr fomo who's our in-house mining expert uh this was back in august of 21 and uh, he's just like i'm just happy to be out of my house out and you know wherever he lives and just talking with other big look local bitcoiners like this is just great and then you kind of continue to expand on that which is uh, phenomenal so that's why i'm i'm very bullish on commons i'm very bullish on these kind of spaces um to continue to grow yeah as am i it's it's happening and again like you said like there's just it, the conversations are just yeah. and we could do fun stuff like I mean, I don't know if I can tease something or is it cool to tease like an idea? Oh uh, yeah. Let's talk about the idea. 
Um, we need to create FOMO. Well, let's create some FOMO. Um, so like we have this amazing space. Uh, we have a good, I mean, if you go to meetup.com forward slash Bitcoin park, even wherever you are in the world, I, I do recommend join and just to stay up to date. And if you can attend RSVP and come on, um, we can do some, I think, fun stuff too. Um, cause it's really interesting. Like Bitcoin being the common denominator amongst us, like there's other pockets of interest, like whether you're into, I don't know, cycling or hunting. Um, but like, and I think, and I didn't listen to this RHR, but so many people hit me up. Do you remember in 19 when we were at the conference, then we went and played golf, me, mm -hmm. you and Matt. And I think like, was it you or Matt that got so smashed that he couldn't even almost barely got on the plane? Yeah, it was Matt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we played, I think, 36 holes. We drank all day and uh, we had a ton of fun. And, um, but like, there's so many golfers. And uh, like, those are the, by the way, it's funny, like the two things I've been in Nashville now. 10 plus years and I'm going to be in Nashville for the rest of my foreseeable life, raising a family. Um, and hopefully that raising, uh, helping, uh, with my kids when they have kids in Nashville. And, uh, the two things I picked up were hunting and golf. Like those are the two things I just never did. Now I'm, I like enjoy hunting and I'm a terrible golfer, but I really enjoy it. So one idea I have is like, and we, Matt and I've been talking about it and also BTC Aaron, um, is having like a Bitcoin golf invitational event where it's, you know, you, uh, you have like a captain, uh, or like a, a team lead and you kind of create a foursome and then you build maybe like four foursomes and you raise money to help support the park potentially, or, and by the way, all of our, uh, paid events that we do, there's always going to be something, uh, giving back to the open source community. Like we definitely have a uh, cost associated with running the park. It's a very high cost. Um, and once we, you know, we're going to need to cover that. But there will always be something going back to uh, the open source community. Um, so, yeah, I think like having, I think we got the location. I think we're thinking spring, summertime. Um, I already got, you know, like even if I was like a captain, let's say I got my friend, uh, who's a under the radar Bitcoiner, but he's a musician, uh, country musician, Jake Owen, uh, you know, Jake, like, yeah. okay. And, uh, he's a good golfer too. Dude. I think he played at Florida state. I want to yeah. say, I mean, he's a legit golfer. We golf together. I'm a 16 or 17 handicap. He's like probably a two. Um, so he's on my team, by the way. Um, and uh, I think, and that's the other cool thing is I think we can probably get like a good crossover of like Bitcoiners and entertainment uh, entrepreneurs, artists, uh, musicians, you know, together. And then the, we play golf. Yeah. And then the other thing is like, uh, you know, if you don't participate in golf but want to attend maybe there's like a ticket that you can just like drink beer and like walk the course with us and you know when justin moon's in his backswing you can just heckle him all the time and uh yeah people don't know justin sticks can hit the sticks yeah i bet he can hit it a long way yeah yeah no jaco and he's i mean he's golf with the foreplay crew a bit i've seen them do videos together that's what i'm thinking i might who's the foreplay crew uh like rigs Frankie Borelli, um, Trent. Okay. They're, they're the golf show. 
Oh, on Barstool? At Barstool. Okay. They've had great success. They're like actually very Dude, well we integrated That'll be fun. into the bro- pro golf scene. Like they're they're becoming like a like a media stalwart in, in uh, the golf scene. And uh, you know, I've seen Jake do videos with them. I'd like to get Caleb out there if I can. Text him last night, Caleb. Fucking respond to my text, bro. Yeah. <laughs> busy dude, Sunday conversation, dude. That is actually uh, a uh, so going back to like content side. There's like pieces of content that like I I in my head schedule Thursday. It's RHR. Now Sunday for that Sunday conversation with Caleb that he does. I like they're cry so, laughing. They're so funny. They're so good. I mean, they're so freaking good. Um, but Caleb and yeah, like the four of us should then be on a team because that would be that would be super dope. That'd be a phenomenal team. That's uh, telling you. I think we can do more than four teams. I think we could do more than four. yeah. I mean, it just now it's like all right, what's the uh, appetite for uh, program uh, planning and uh, yeah. organizing all this stuff, right? Because it's like a fun idea, and I want to have fun. And well, then that's maybe maybe we reach out to the four because they do their barstool classic, and I'm not sure. I think they've organized a lot of events. We can pretend. I mean, yeah. Who knows if they would be open to us being like, "Hey, how the fuck do you run it?" Yeah. Like well, I think I got the I got. I wouldn't tease it if it wasn't like more baked, uh, because it is pretty baked. And I think we got it from a back end ops perspective. Now it's just the volume of people just to manage because I do take a lot of pride and responsibility in the fact that if you're going to come spend time with us at uh one of our meetups, our pop-ups, our open houses, our summits, and so on. It is the best use of your time and best experience possible. So doing this for the first time, I kind of want to like start a little bit. I mean, fuck it. We could be like, it may be like a 32 team, like battle Royale. And it's like, <laughs> here we go. And we got Brad Sedeker and then Tiger showing up like, holy shit. We've got to rope off the, the gallery. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, you want to talk about going over your skis? This is talk about going over your skis. But um, you got to dream big. We got to dream big. Egg, you know what? If we if we can nail down this foursome, me, you, Jake, and Caleb, and then like getting like let's say Matt and uh, BTC Aaron like get a crew. Uh, by the way, Slim, he was on my pod, and I was telling him the whole hunting and golf thing, and he's like, Rod, you know, I was. Uh, I played golf. I was like, what? Slim, you played golf? He's like, I played Willie Nelson uh, smoking a doobie, drinking a six-pack golf back in my day. I was like, <laughs> damn. I was like, well, you want to like, captain up this like golf idea uh, we're working on? He's like, absolutely. So Slim could uh, get I can't a imagine Slim in golf shoes, not cowboy boots. Hey, we will have uh, uh, come as you are. Well, depending on the course we have, uh, there may be one course where you gotta actually like, you know, uh, dress up, dress up a little bit, but, um, I can't wear vans like I did in San Francisco. I should have not have wore vans there either. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we walked the 36 uh, holes yeah, too. Yeah, we walked 36. <laughs> that was, you were a little late, a little disheveled, like bags were coming into the car. We had a tea time that we needed to get to and uh, we just rolled right to the, the first tee, pipe drives and went going. That's why golf is like, you know, four hours of just like fun with like, you know, your friends uh, and then you come back and they kind of hang out. It's, it's it, it, if you can commit the time and make the time, it's, it, it is fun. It's a lot, a lot of fun. I've 
since then, I used that 36-hole experience as a, a kick in the ass <laughs> to get better. Have you gotten better? I think so. Okay. I need to play more consistently, though. I have been playing a lot more. Um, not down here, but when I go home for the summer, my father-in-law has a like a running Saturday morning. Oh, that's fun. It gets four tee times. So. Four? Yeah. Wow. So the, the group range is anywhere from eight to 16 people, depending on the weekend, who can play. So I'll hop in that like two or three times a summer when, when I can get away. Yeah. So I, I will, maybe we can get, this would be a good action item for folks just cause it may be like the four of us that are interested in this and we're totally off, but, um, we have a discord and we could probably put it in the show notes, but I have created a like channel just for the invite, calling it the invitational and see who's like, in, like interested, like in just like emoji or just message there as well as our, the meetup page i'll create like a, a placeholder um just to see what the interest would be am i a boomer for not ever have gone on discord yet so i will say this no um and i was very reluctant to do this whole discord thing um but like the way the park is organized it's a community supported um uh, space so we have members that pay an annual fee that then have key card access and a number of other benefits and then we have a broader community that's like global that wants to stay involved or stay up to date in uh, the park because we have all these like smaller initiatives that are going on. And Steve Myers, who's probably my age, maybe a little older than me, uh, suggested Discord and cause like BDK, LDK, um, a number of other, you know, uh, projects use Discord for chat. I mean like, you know, Bitcoin design community uses Slack, other, you know, there's other tools or whatever. So I was like, F it, we're going to commit to Discord and just go there. Um, and then, yeah, it's been, it's been really good. I think we were up to almost 160 or 100, I mean, almost 200 people that are involved in the, the Discord. Um, but similar to anything in life, like we, going back to that whole proof of work, it needs maintenance. It needs curation. It needs like involvement, like you know, even commons or the park, you need people there working and building and so on. Um, so that was my long winded way of saying, no, you're not a boomer. It's just, <laughs> I'm reluctant to like add another messaging app or another thing to ask people to sign up and do. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm taking more uh, ownership and making sure the experience there is better. Like, so going all the way back to the shill of the, the invitational, uh, I think, you know, joining the discord and then staying up to date and involved in the, in the, uh, leading up to the event. Um, you get the behind the scenes rather than just to constantly, like I look at Twitter now as more of a broadcast. Like I suck at Twitter. Um, you guys are so good at it. I, but I just look at it as like retweeting meetup organizers and then broadcasting and then being my reply guy to my friends, uh, tweets. <laughs> um, and that's it. Then like having more dialogue, uh, intimate dialogue on like a discord or a Slack or a, you know, a telegram group, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously those chat apps produce an environment that's conducive for more well thought out conversations. And that's the other thing. It's like, uh, be where the, <laughs> yes, we are by the way, boomers too, but, um, be where the younger folk are playing. And I do think they're playing in the discord world. So there's these ways and I'm still studying and learning this, like with the announcement channels and all this other stuff, like shout out to Lincoln, who's the head of the Vanderbilt blockchain club. He comes to now our Nash bit devs. And like in his defense, everyone's like, I probably, 
people either assign me as a Bitcoin maximalist or a Bitcoin minimalist because I can, you know, what I say, it's like depending on how you interpret it. But like for Lincoln's uh, defense, he didn't have a Bitcoin resource to like leverage and utilize. Like within the Nashville world, you know, there was more blockchain focused uh, crypto stuff that was supporting um, their initiatives. And so that was what they were learning. Now we have the park and they, him and Abe and others can now come and participate in Nashbit devs, participate in our meetups and participate in all these other events. And I bring this all the way back to the discord is because then you can combine these like discord worlds together, uh, whether it's integrated on, I think on like these announcement channels or like maybe open up different channels with each other. Um, and I think it could be pretty, pretty cool. And yeah. I just don't want to be the Steve Buscemi meme where I'm like, Hey, young kids, like, look at me. <laughs> how do you do fellow kids? Yeah. <laughs> They're just like talking like, uh, FR, FR, which is like, I learned this for real, for real or something like that. Mm. Oh yeah. For real, for real. No yeah. cap bosses. <laughs> we bussing, we bussing Marty. We are. We're yeah. bussing hard. <laughs> Jeez. I'm over 40 years old. Oh, got, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Dead ass. Oh, man. But, um, so, yeah. But, like, I, cause I've been to the park two, two times now. And it seems like the, the city, like, every time I go, there seems like there's somebody who works for, like, a really big business that's not Bitcoin related or is part of the city government or the yeah. state government is involved. It seems like there's like some buzz around Bitcoin park within Nashville and people are becoming more aware of it and you're making concerted effort to get Nashville businesses more involved with Bitcoin. It, totally. Um, that's uh, thanks for bringing that up because like Bitcoin is hard still, but it's also very easy for us. And like when we're in it so much, uh, it, speaking for myself, I take it for granted, but like shout out to Beck's coffee as an example, they're a family owned, uh, coffee roaster, local coffee roaster. And they, uh, we buy the coffee, uh, beans from them and, uh, we buy bags and now they, uh, accept Bitcoin. They have an Ibex terminal. They come, they're going to actually be at, they're going to be at either at BitDevs or the open house in two weeks and, uh, uh, serving coffee and then having their little terminal and they, 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 uh, charge people and people pay with, uh, lightning and how Ibex works is lightning in on chain out every night. And then it'll sign the cost basis too. So you have like nice reporting and so on. And, uh, again, you know, you could go to the first parameter, KYC, no KYC, but as a business, you're paying taxes and so on. You want, and also this new area, we want to make it as easy as possible for them to onboard and then have them go down their own journey. And so then they uh, have an on-chain uh, uh, deposit. Where does that deposit go to? We set them up with a river account and a river account goes into their uh, account. They assign the cost basis there and they see the accumulation go on, uh, which is pretty, pretty dope. Um, and then they'll send me a ZapRite invoice and then I'll pay that on-chain, uh, invoice, uh, back to them for the beans or the bags that we've bought. And then that'll go into a, uh, that's their river account as well. Um, it takes a lot to interact and make this happen. And, and, and I, Brandon, who's the father and the owner of the business, I mean, 
He's an amazing entrepreneur, an amazing roaster. Is he an amazing technical person that knows Bitcoin? No, but he's curious enough that he'll lean in. Like our trade-off between him coming like about once every two weeks and bringing beans and sitting down with me for an hour is he teaches me about coffee because I now aspire to make the best cup of coffee I can make. And uh, I'll teach him about Bitcoin and like get them all properly set up and so on. Um, uh, but you got to also have, like, that's why Michael Atwood, God bless that guy. He's done such great work with Oshi and going hand to hand with these businesses. You need people to lean in. And so doing these meetups and having the space that could be a force to bring people in so that they can feel good to lean in. So like going to Lincoln over at the Vanderbilt, uh, uh, blockchain or uh, whatever club he calls it, um, like being able to have him come over to the park and like meet with Steve, meet with Matthew, meet with P and like have that relationship on the more technical side, having Brandon and um, Heidi from uh, Slide Hustle, having resources at the uh, park to be able to ask their Bitcoin related questions, I think goes a long way. And then, which is another story, um, if we got time for it, which is uh, like the, on the policy side is really interesting as well, because at first, you know, these guys, like they would see our meetup numbers and then be like, oh, I'm running for office and I want to talk about crypto. I'm like, uh, hard stop. <laughs> like, we don't know anything about it. And I've actually like always told them, like, we don't talk about politics here. But then there was like, they kept on showing up to the meetup. And that's where if you show up and you like are participating and by participating, meaning like in attendance and listening and then maybe networking, asking questions and so on and you're consistently doing that, I'll lean in, you know, uh, and help. And so we had this one, um, uh, I want to be careful with what I'm saying. So like one group within the, the government that um, came and they're like, hey, we want to learn more about Bitcoin because we're helping like some write some policy. And uh, shout out to Dave Zell and uh, Grant McCarty, who are members of the Bitcoin Park. And uh, I always, I basically Matt and I joke that they're like our policy advocacy group. So we just bring them in, into these meetings. And they're like, we want to help you, Matt and Rod, with the park and grow it. Because I think it could be something great for the state of Tennessee as well as the local community. Um, but I want to make sure we're aligned um, from like what our outcomes and incentives are. And they, they mentioned uh, there's three things that we care at the legislator level and I think our constituents care about. And this is why I'm even more bullish on, on Tennessee, if this is true. Still take it with us uh, until I see it play out, which is uh, liberty, sovereignty, and freedom. So whatever policy we want, we want to always go back to those three principles. And I look at like Zell and Grant in the meeting. I'm like, either these guys are spooks or they're like <laughs> going to be our best friends and we can help these guys out. And I do believe like the, they keep showing up and they keep being more involved and more. Uh, I think they do see Bitcoin, the monetary network being such a tool for financial freedom and separating it from state control, especially at the federal level, obviously the federal level. Um, I think they can see that uh, playing out. So recruiting more people. Uh, to the state of Tennessee and more businesses. And then, by the way, going all the way back to our first like 30 minutes of conversation around mining, I think we'll see and we'll play a very, sm very, very small role in helping potentially with the incentive structure to bring more miners and that um, uh, 
the more intellectual capital as well as financial capital to make those investments in the state of Tennessee. And that's where like, not to show the mining summit, but like we'll probably have 150 people, uh, highly curated, like kind of invite-ish only people. And it's like four segments of people. Uh, in the audience will be investors and policymakers. And then participating as well as in the audience will be uh, miners, whether from at-home miners, uh, you know, doing some amazing, weird, gnarly stuff to publicly traded miners that are building out one gigawatt, whatever, farms. And then the, the fourth group is going to be energy producers, like from, you know, our friends at the TVA, you know, doing nuclear stuff potentially to Duke Energy doing their thing to, you know, a number of other energy producers, like really showcasing flared gas, stranded gas, like all these amazing things that are happening. So whether it's solar or wind, you know, I want to learn all of it. I want you to, you know, here's the platform. Here's your time. Showcase how this is uh, amazing. So I don't uh, kind of blacked out there, you know, Anchorman <laughs> style or whatever movie style that was. Uh, but hopefully that was helpful. Old school. Old school. That's right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I completely co-sign what you just said. And I, I, this has been my thesis for many years now. I started putting out there in the beginning of COVID is that states are going to lead the way, particularly around Bitcoin. And Bitcoin yeah. mining is going to be a big part of it. Bitcoin mining and energy sort of merging into one sector and you're going to have states say, Hey, this is obvious. Like these freedom loving states like Texas, Tennessee are really leaning into totally liberty, sovereignty and freedom. And they lean in with that, the open protocol, the open network, the sound monetary aspects, which respect private property rights and people's ability to save money. And then the energy is just like a cherry on top. Once they get in through the open source nature and the ability that for people to innovate without any permission. And then it's like, Hey, you know, the way this works too, is, you know, this physical and physical digital world connection via mining, which is very heavily dependent on energy. And then you get into, Hey, here's how we take advantage of stranded gas. that's otherwise being wasted or leaking methane. Here's how we help you with on grid congestion. Totally. If you need somebody to offtake. 10 megawatts of energy um, over electricity from curtailment programs, right. To help out securing the grid stabilization. I mean, like it is so freaking fascinating, especially I, in my wildest dreams, I would never thought I'd be in this world. Like, <laughs> did I? isn't it wild? Yeah. I thought I was going to be like a, a hedge fund boy. That I lasted know. a year and a half. I was like, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. I know it goes back to like, you know, our kids, you got two amazing kids, amazing wife. I got three and the fourth on the way. It's like, what, when they look back or they're on like their second grade and they're like, you know, going and saying, Hey, this is what my daddy does. It's like, Oh, my daddy helps uh, big corporations sell more stuff to people to consume and get more in debt. Oh yeah. That's the right. Great legacy documentation, you know, there. Well, my daddy has a podcast where he calls people demons. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Is your daddy Marty bed? <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's big. As my oldest becomes more aware and cognizant and like start, he starts interacting and like asking questions like, Oh shit. Yeah, I've got a back catalog of a lot of hours of audio and written content that you're probably going to stumble across at some point in the future. But that's Maybe I should a, button it up. No, I so <laughs> may, uh, do do your own thing. But my two sats would be uh, if you're 
like, so this is where I'm very, I'm going to sound like a shell, but like, I'm very cognizant of like the influencer. Like, I'm going to say this just to get uh, engagement, you know? And I, now I've identified like who that world is and there's probably a bunch and there are a bunch of people like that in the Bitcoin world. And they, they, they say they're Bitcoiners, but it's just so you can clearly see it's engagement farming. Then there's people like you, I believe that are like, you passionately believe it and you may come across as like uh, more direct, more extreme or whatever that may be. And you're like, ah, you know, should I say this? But you, I feel like you, you firmly believe it in your soul. Like this is what right now with the information that you have based on the experiences that you're having and what you want to project the future to be, especially for your kids, this is what you believe in. Yeah. It's true. I do believe in everything I say. It's not engagement farming. It's a blessing and a curse. I've got this inability to censor. I just always have the urge to be like, hey, yeah. this is bullshit. Yep. You not see this? this is, Hello, this is right bullshit. now, right here. Am yeah. I the only one that sees this? Am I crazy? But you're not, man. I mean, you get like arguably or inarguably the number one Bitcoin podcast and like there's more and more people that are waking up um, to separate, like your sign out, out, out front, fix the money, fix the world. Like that is, I think, so perfect and such an easy thing for people to gravitate towards and anchor off of. And then, you know, Bitcoin at the end of the day is just a tool. I hope you go build an amazing business, amazing family you know, live a freaking happy and blessed life. Um, and then hopefully Bitcoin preserves your future purchasing power such that you can live that life. And enjoy it. Yeah, man. That's one thing I d definitely want to dive into further with you is building a business because that's one thing. Oh, yeah, that's a good topic. As I've come to know you over the last four four years, it's something that's always, you've always impressed me with is like your business prowess and how you approach things and how you think through things like with the mining, obviously, um, like getting closer with our partner in this and the way he describes how you help him conceptualize, like how we approach this and get, getting creative with deals. It's always been really impressive, like how you're able to like zoom out and think about building a business and doing it the right way, getting the best deals. Yeah. I mean, thanks for that. I, I, going back to the, those three things, and I think Wences Casares said this. And like, by the way, if you're new to Bitcoin and uh, just Google Wences's name and go listen to all of his old podcasts, like he, that guy was legendary. Um, I was not around Bitcoin when he was around it. I wish I freaking listened to that guy. Um, he said he gets he anchored me on this whole time, capital, and reputation. Where are you spending your time? Where are you spending your capital? Where are you spending your reputation? And you know he was spending it in Bitcoin, and uh, and on the business side, I think it's very um, like you know, we only have a, uh, a finite amount of time, and I try to spend my time building uh, mining businesses, pro I hope profitable mining businesses, uh, really build out the park with Matt, build out hopefully continue to build out Bitcoin TV with Matt and Wiz. And then the, like, and I'll group these as like Bitcoin related projects and then some other like tech ish investing real estate stuff that I, you know, do. 
the most important thing around these businesses, and I tell our, our friends, you know, on the mining side that we're doing with is like, how do you build compounding systems that continue to compound while you're doing, not exerting the same level of effort over and over again. So that's where it's like people are the most important asset. So continue to curate and edit and finding the best talent that you want to more importantly work with. Like for example, uh, Josh, who's our community ops manager at Bitcoin Park. This guy, I mean, he's a unicorn. Like uh, I was like, Matt, we need to hire a unicorn that can do pretty much everything as a Bitcoiner um, that gets it and can grow with us. And uh, I was like, yeah, there's no way we're going to find this unicorn with all these things. And the next thing you know, Josh, he smiles more than I do. And he just shows up and he just is uh, crushing it every single day. And so like, for example, like that mining thing, that we're, by the way, anyone thinking like the whole 10 megawatt, I was just, I'm a very small sliver of that whole 10 megawatt. <laughs> so it's not like some like big thing for me, but um, like figuring out and going back to the whole Mahjong go, you know, uh, chess analogy, um, figuring out the right electricians, figuring out the right GCs, figuring out the right, all of these things and identifying that talent that they can fulfill on what they're going to say they're going to fulfill on. Uh, is is mission critical. So doing what you're passionate about and that you want to, and the, I'll, I'll say this, I know it's a little long-winded, but there's really three things I look at also on the business side. It's like, can I make money? Yes, cool. Am I learning something new, right? Like this is stimulating enough because you can make money, but if it's not stimulating, you're just like, ah, whatever. And am I having fun with the people that I want to have fun with? If you can solve all three of those, just continue to roll. You may not make as much money, like the park is not going to make as much money as other things I would be doing. Uh, but it's really fun. And I'm learning a shit ton. Like the people that are coming in uh, and being involved with the park are like, dude, you're there and you're spending your time and I'm very appreciative of that. But like the people that you're meeting even at the park or even at the commons is like, you know, you couldn't do this elsewhere. Um, and then on the mining side, the same thing I'm learning, like, regulatory capture to power purchase agreements to how energy is consistent and reliable to like, oh, let's look at the the hashboards of like a micro BT compared to a Bitmain S19XP versus their M50S. I'm like, hold on what a did second. I, just I, say? Gotta ch I gotta check in on the uh, geopolitical situation yeah, with China and Taiwan. Yeah. Uh, did I have Russia and Ukraine uh, on my bingo freaking <laughs> mining board of like uh, just macro environment, like, you know, capital markets? Oh, and by the way, Europe supposedly uh, is asking uh, the miners to turn off their miners, uh, which is great for us, by the way, because uh, I think it's like overall 10 percent of that, that hash rate. Like you got to stay privy to where the hash rate distribution is on a uh, global scale because like if one area upticks a lot you know that could uh, that you need to just be aware of that versus one area you know like a china shuts off it's like gucci let's go plugging more in yeah um, it's like oh kazakhstan raising taxes on miners they're gonna unplug unprofitable dude it's so like going back to like you know the god bless that we're raising our families in places like a texas and a tennessee God bless that we're building businesses in these places because there's no way 
like there was a, a a mining company i think they were doing kazakhstan deals and russia deals and like hey you could go mine in russia and it's like four cents or five cents and like on paper it looks great because you're like oh wow my paper i have a great return or whatever then it's like oh there's war going on between russia and ukraine and you know you can't really do business with russian anymore like what happened to my miners can you guys send those back uh, they're putin's now yeah there's putin's now uh but like even in the U.S., I mean, like the Foundry team being in, I think, Rochester, New York, right? Mm -hmm. And those knuckleheads in there, uh, uh, not Foundry, but the politicians, they're like, yeah, uh, we want to do a two-year uh, hiatus on and look at the ESG friendliness of uh, mining. And Foundry's like, wait, we are arguably, I mean... I'm putting like whatever you know conspiracy theories you got about foundry but like they went from zero to uh, number one mining pool in the world creating i don't know how many jobs in rochester uh new york that you know and what they're doing and from a tax basis for that community and then for them to get slapped in the face and say yeah we're gonna you know shut off mining or mining investments by a bunch of uneducated politicians who have no idea they're not leaning in they're not curious enough to know about that. Now I flash forward to Tennessee and Texas, you know, people are curious, uh, especially at the policy making aspect, because why I believe, and I hope this is continues to be the case, which they care about liberty, sovereignty, and freedom where in these other places, and you know, I'll put on my, uh, uh, Marty Jones hat, uh, uh, which is like, they care about power control and controlling what they have uh, and continue to exert that influence so that they can continue to make money and maintain that power. Right. Um, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm bullish on obviously Texas, Tennessee, but also just uh, obviously we have Florida out there. So it's like Wyoming, Wyoming Ohio, for sure. Kentucky, Oklahoma. And I, th I think others are gonna join the fray. I actually wouldn't be surprised like Pennsylvania yep. goes a bit purple and a bit red and um, you begin to see the natural gas markets there opening up more. I mean, the, the stronghold actually, that video is good floating around. Yeah. It's funny. It was like we six, put that on the show six ABC, um, which is like the Philly ABC local station. Like even in Philly, which oh, is that's one awesome. of the most liberal cities in the country. They were fluffing Bitcoin mining using that, that waste coal. So shout out to Stronghold for that story in Pennsylvania. Going back to the business side, yeah, definitely shout out to Stronghold. I think Thomas is also on the board of the Stronghold. I mean, shout out to those guys. It's it's such an awesome video. Uh, going back to the business side, like the, the mining deal we have in Tennessee together uh, amongst a number of other folks, um, we have, we created real purposeful local jobs for these contractors, the uh, guys that are moving dirt, to electricians, to uh, wiring, to like a number of other folks. We also have a number of folks that, you know, coming over from China, helping with the hosting side. And, and you know, like they don't really talk the same language, right? You know, but yet the same language is the work and Bitcoin. And there's that bond. I don't, I don't know if you visited the site. I visited a few times and it's just so inspiring to me and I feel like to your point around these states I think it's going to now people are coming here and there's some apprehension around the locals at least in Nashville maybe as well as Austin that it's like you know culturally it could sh shift 
But if you lead with these incentives, if you lead with the current culture of like family, business first, you know, and then like lower or less or no government, I think that's the play. And that'll incept over other states because they're going to say, take those playbooks, I think, like a Georgia, a Western PA, and then a PA that just like, you know, goes over into the entire state. And then all of a sudden you got like New York and California on their own, uh, on their own. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, 40% of our um, employment basis is government jobs or maybe 60% and then 70%. That's not, we're like paying each other to then to tax each other just to like do that whole circular uh, economy, not in the good way. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So, no, and it's, that's the beauty. That's why, I think that's why I love mining the most and like my experience at Great American Mining and being on the board of Cathedral and really seeing the free market solve the flare gas problem. Isn't it amazing? And then obviously on-grid is very controversial, um, but there, I mean, on-grid's a bit more nuanced where it like depends on the scale. Yep. And particularly in like rural, the rural areas in Tennessee where there's a lot of substations with excess capacity and need help congestion. Like it makes sense at a certain scale there and it's actually helping and like it's the free market. It's literally us miners like, all right, where do we get cheap power? Where can we do this at a certain scale? And, and at that local level, instead of increasing property taxes or increasing like sales tax or, or other tax or consumption taxes in order to, you know, pay for X, Y, or Z community effort, which they may need and want to do, but they don't have the funding. Then you're adding in Bitcoin mining or this other uh, business to um, provide a new potential revenue stream because of that excess energy, uh, if you will, that we otherwise would have gone to waste are now being um, vacuumed or swallowed by this uh, company now that has a vested interest in that local municipality's success go forward. Yeah. And that's one thing about our strategy. I'm really proud of like, we've been very proactive of talking with the local communities because there's been miners that have just been like, uh, come in out of nowhere, plop down and really disrupted and something we're hyper cognizant of and like want to work with local communities. Yep. Hiring local across the board and talk to the state government. Like that's one thing. I mean, we were discussing Dennis Porter's uh, pack yesterday. Like, obviously, people have their opinions on him and his Twitter personally. But like, when I, I've talked about what they're doing with the pack, and I, I like the team that's involved as well. I think they're very sharp and know what they're doing. They're focused on states, and that's instead of the federal government, yep. where I'm. Uh, I'm all for just focusing on states and just ignoring the federal government because that's conversations I've had, not necessarily in Tennessee, but um, with other uh, politicians across the country. There are some states out there that are actively seeing what Florida is doing specifically. And they're like, yeah, we want to neg the federal government too. Like we want to harden our local economy so that we don't need to depend on the federal government. And I do think Bitcoin, the asset, the open network, and then mining, particularly with its intersection with energy, is an incredible vehicle for individual states to harden themselves against a bloated federal government that is the largest government in human history. It totally. Is making life material worse, materially worse off for 
not only every American, but people globally. Dude, a hundred percent. And that's where I think if you're thinking like what you can do and if you're sitting on the sidelines, you love Bitcoin, you're working in Bitcoin or not working in Bitcoin, just like setting up the, like a, a meetup and you'll see maybe it spawns off. Now you're, you know, potentially meeting with some local politician, local business or the Senator, you know, you'd never know. Um, and then they, being the resource for them to help onboard. It's like now Thanksgiving's coming up, which will be an interesting Thanksgiving conversation. <laughs> well, again, especially as the price looks like it's- What was the get... price last Thanksgiving? Was it like 60K? Let's check. Yeah. Let's check. Let me pull it up. Um, it had to be like between 40 and 60. Oh, shit. What time are you going home? Uh, I'm, I'm good probably for another 10 minutes. Actually, um, Dude, there's so many, um, uh, let me just make sure that this is good. Uh, there's so many, um, amazing Bitcoiners no, in we Austin. Were 65K. God oh, damn it. God bless. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh man. That's the other thing. Like, uh, in Matt's defense, like I probably had the same, I'm not probably, I definitely had the same enthusiasm, like 200K. Like I'd break down like, all right, market cap of, you know, Bitcoin's, uh, what it was a, a trillion, right? I think. And like gold's market cap was 10 trillion. So 10 X the property, like what are the five properties of money? Scarcity, portability, acceptability, verifiability, divisibility. Okay. You're telling me gold's better than any of those, uh, than gold, uh, excuse me, Bitcoin. Oh, Rod, Bitcoin is more scarce. Oh no, it's perceived scarcity is there. Sure. But Bitcoin has provable scarcity with 21 million. And they're like, Oh my God. So it was like, okay, 10 X, did we go to 660,000? But again, that's like not a, uh, that does Bitcoin into service. Look at real estate, real estate. And actually I think somebody brought it up in safe's conversation last night, but um, uh, real estate's market cap is 200 to 300 trillion globally. All right, well, real estate, even though I'm a real estate investor, uh, the problem with real estate is you can build up, you can build down, and if our friend Elon takes us to, to you know the moon or Mars or wherever, we can continue to build. Well, also, we have local governments uh, that want to increase your property tax because they, for some reason, figure out the appraised value with you know how our money is not fixed right now. Um, uh, they want to increase the property value, and that sucks. Uh, there's maintenance, there's repairs, there's loss of rental income. There's all these other factors and maintenance of that asset. Or with Bitcoin, if I hold it, you know, with 24 words in my head or with Unchained or with River or in my own, you know, whatever wallet, I'm holding that and maintaining it myself. Um, so what's that? Another uh, from a 10 to, so another 20X from there is 20 times, uh, you know, 600K, what is that, 12 million? So I was, I was probably that guy at the, the Thanksgiving dinner table that was like, oh yeah, we're minimum 12 million a coin. Yeah, duh. Duh. <clears throat> 10 years, book duh. it. 10 years, like next year, bro. You see those t the amount of set t uh, the price per terahash on those machines? They're like 140 for these new XP machines. That's going to be great. You should buy some of those too. <laughs> this Thanksgiving, everybody just uh, stares at you. What the fuck were you saying last year? Uh, you still oh. believe that? Well, I've been through so many of these now. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is this is like so one of the off Thanksgivings. We're like, yeah, you were wrong last year. It's like, yeah, God, I was wrong in 2014 too. But here we so are. it's funny, like the the place where Jake and I will play uh, some golf. Like they, they'll know me as the Bitcoin guy and now. Jake is the Bitcoin guy as well. 
Um, and uh, sometimes they'll like, you know, I, when the price is ripping, they're like, you know, like they're texting or they oh, want to like learn more when it's like in the, the, the shitter. Yeah, sometimes they're like, oh, what the fuck, Rod? You know, blah, blah, blah. But like they'll ask still good questions. But sometimes they actually feel bad for me. They're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, are you okay? You got all these kids, you know, like you got all this like exposure with your rod. You keep saying your time, capital and reputation is like all in on this Bitcoin thing. You're investing in the mining like this. Are you okay? Maybe I'll pick, I'll pick up lunch today. You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Please do. Like I do need the help. Um, but it's, you know, I, how lucky we are to be able to like, you've inspired me. I actually, uh, my father-in-law wanted to learn more about Bitcoin. So I was like, hey, I'll, I'll send you one article or one thing to read about Bitcoin uh, every day. And then he was like, oh, can I forward this to uh, my brother-in-law and a couple others? I was like, oh, just give me their emails. I'll just BCC them on the email or uh, CC or whatever. And then it started growing. They're like, hey, can you afford it? Like include this person. So I did the whole wake up with Bitcoin uh, thing, which is, you know, just a simple like visualize Bitcoin, some stats about Bitcoin and like, you know, video and like one thing to read and then like a little bit of commentary. Um, and that's been a lot of fun to do. And that was inspired from the bent, uh, as well. And then, uh, now, like, I mean, dude, when you get into Bitcoin, it's like, you just want to do more in Bitcoin and like, and I need to pick your brain and this is not like this, we could end the show, but, uh, around starting your own podcast, because I do think everyone has their own voice. Like, should never maybe they should aspire to be as big as they want to be but like start somewhere and like even if it's just a, a weekly show that you're just asking like shout out to um uh kbn um uh, knoxville bitcoin network he started a show called uh hard money hard knocks and he, where he interviews uh, uh meetup organizers Shout out to Casey and his co-host they started hell money podcast like all of these longer tail podcasts are very very fascinating to me and i think um they're going to continue to rise up and boost up the tftcs of the world and all these other folks because uh people are waking up to this whole like the money is broke broken and how do we fix it and questioning what is money uh and a lot more uh, if you will yeah and that's i mean you've started a podcast now and I'd love for you to come on, buddy. I know we got to next time I'm in Nashville in December. Come on. We'll rip it. But no, that's the thing. Like, and I've told you, we've talked about this, like on the content side of things. And that's, that's I, my advice to anybody getting into newsletter writing or podcasting is just consistency is key, yeah. especially in Bitcoin world. And with the volatile price movement, like that, the hardest thing is to, produce content in the bear markets because everybody gets disinterested. Downloads <clears throat> are tightly correlated with price. And that's, um, we've, Matt and I, I mean, rabbit hole recap, diehard Bitcoiners, so like that crushes. And then at TFTC, um, just naturally over the years, I've gotten more interested in tangential yep. topics and that's helped us keep our download numbers up like throughout Bitcoin bear markets. But, and that's what you enjoy doing. Yeah. Anyway. I'll say something controversial, which I think you and I would lean towards and Matt wouldn't, or I know it doesn't, but I actually do think there is a mix where advertising makes sense. 
Uh, and I and I do think value for value is going to be here and it's going to grow. Don't get me wrong. I love it. Like I love what Fountain's doing. I love what Evan's doing with Echo um, and a number of Breeze with Roy. I mean, it's awesome and use it, utilize it and so on. If that's the preferred way of doing it. But then there's something with like, you know, and I got to give a lot of credit to you. It's like you've been in the moment, you know, you're building your advertising base because you care passionately about like what those people are in that moment, what they're trying to do and accomplish as entrepreneurs it's very difficult. Now market conditions, maybe they go the wrong way and so on, you know, shifting in and out of different advertisers. But like that helps you because you're maybe utilizing their products and services and you want to help them um, uh, and you want to share that kind of story and then also change of value. And more importantly, and that's why I like the advertising model is I know where your incentives lie because you're fully disclosing who your advertisers are, <laughs> like where other people may like have some, you know, behind the scenes stuff and still have advertisers, but still have behind the scenes stuff, you know, that are not maybe as disclosed, if you will. Yeah. We try our best to uh, align, um, with advertisers that we grew with, we obviously very publicly had uh, some companies that didn't turn out to be uh, great advertisers, but we try to right the wrongs and be open about that. And but I think in, in that, def in your defense, I mean, I think even in that, those scenarios, you're publicly talking about like the good and the bad without like market conditions change, people change and so on. And so you're talking about them in a very open way, um, which I get, I get a lot of respect for where other people may lean in and try to defend all the way, you know, which, you know, I got to give them respect on that aspect as well because they're the ones, but they, you know, it goes back to the incentive model, which I do lean towards the value for value in general being the, the end game, but there's still value with the advertising model. Yeah. No, we try to practice what we preach. I mean, we have a mix. I love Unchained. Shout out to Unchained. They've been with Her you for like, yeah. Still with us. Unchained Brains, Hoddle Hoddle, uh, Upstream, Crowd Health right now. Um, and I got to, and the other thing Blockstream. is. Blockstream. Um, oh, Blockstream? Shit, rabbit that, Hole Recap, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. Like those brands are freaking phenomenal. And like, and I think two things. One, I think there's going to be knock on wood more Bitcoin focused companies. So the pool of brand brands to support and help is going to increase, which is just great. The second thing is like you make it fun too. So it's like not annoying where you're like, and here's my next sponsor. Have you ever thought about, you know, uh, genital dysfunction? Well, is your uh, dick not working? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I just talked about that. Do you need well, pills? Are you losing your hair? Fourth on the way. Uh, I'm not losing my hair, uh, according to my back and my head. Dick pill companies throw the money out there, freaks. They've been <laughs> trying to get it to us, and I've held back. I know you're all high T alpha males that don't need the dick pills, so I'm not going to push right. them on you. That's right. I don't know if Logan does these cutups uh, where you can go to segments, but that should definitely be a segment, you know, on the YouTube side. Yeah, we're, uh, we've been talking about doing like a little 15 to 30 second teaser in the beginning oh, of the wow. YouTube video. That'd be great for mine. Dick uh, pill teaser for the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But, um, but you make it fun, like even like from the brains uh, to the other ones and, and so on. So like, I don't know if like I'll ever go because like, right now it's not like a, a focus right now, but I, I, I will say this, 
I really enjoy it. That's why it gave me the confidence to like say, reach out to you and say, Hey man, I'm going to be in Austin. If you're, if you're cool and up for it, um, love to come on your show and thank you for that and saying, yeah, let's do it. I mean, it's long overdue. You're, you've been, you've been trying to like just linger in the background. I know. Remember the, so not other stories, but, uh, the park and Bitcoin TV started in my garage. Oh and, yeah. And we did a rabbit hole recap. And you're like, dude, sit next to me and like, join us. This is a party rip. I'm like, no, 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 man. I don't have anything to say. I don't want a moron, you know? And I'll just, I'll help with the camera or whatever. And and then I knock the camera over and I'm like looking at it. Like one of those memes, (laughs) like the kid standing over it. I'm like, oh shit. (laughs) Well, let's show your podcast a little bit more. No, it's a very unique um, format. Yeah. You're you're interviewing the builders in Bitcoin. Yeah, so builder. yeah, so it's a it's a podcast about the people who bring Bitcoin to life, yeah. like you, like the you know from Slim to Wiz to uh, Seed Signer to a number of other folks. You know, like one thing you know with the park, and we're very lucky. Similar to Commons, is not only do we have now more Bitcoiners living in the Nashville area, we have a lot of Bitcoiners coming through Nashville. And I'm like, man, and I just, like. I get one hour of uninterrupted time to ask all my selfish questions around their projects, products, services, businesses that they're building in the Bitcoin space. And uh, I get so much value out of it. And um, a shout out to Tom, who's my producer and editor of the show. It's a recorded show. Like I think this, this is recorded, right? We're not like live streaming right now, right? Ninja launched that on YouTube. No, no, I'm, no, kidding. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so we got to edit bleep and whatever out. No, I'm just joking. But um, uh, got going back to the whole business side, like a good compounding system where I can go plug in, have a guest and say, hey, generally this is kind of like what I'm thinking about talking about. Like, is that cool? Like Sam Abbasi, who's the founder of Hoseki, who uh, I think he's in Austin as well now. Yes, yeah, I know he, he is. is. Dude, he's fucking big brain. Oh yeah. Legend, like good, like quality Bitcoin. I got to spend like a number of days with him. Awesome guy. And like, that's like you with TFTC, you get to spend, you know, with jokers like me, but like amazing people like Sam Parker and throughout and just, we didn't, we checked our phone once to look up the price so we can cry a little bit, uh, what it was back in Thanksgiving last year. Um, but we had uninterrupted like hour two hour conversation, which is awesome. I'll admit I did check my phone a second time, but that was to see if Caleb responded to my text. So uh, I wanted to give an announcement on there, but unfortunately, he's hating me right now. Hey, listen, you're our fourth Caleb. You're not even. You, know, you don't have an option. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like when you're going to play golf, and it's like, dude, you're our fourth. So like our foursome gets fucked up. So you got to be part of our uh, fourth. Yeah, we're gonna recruit for that too. The, yeah, uh, the just. I think we we'll call it the Invitational, like the Bitcoin Invitational. Bitcoin Invitational. Um. And I think we're gonna have some really quality gear too. So like, I'm very fortunate that I have a pretty good connection at Peter Millar. Ooh, uh, ooh. And uh, we're gonna get that Millar. Let's go. We're gonna get that. That's the other fun thing. It's like, by the way, not to go on the, back to the advertising uh, uh, side, which is, um, uh, Logan, what time is it right now, by the way? Okay, we got two. I got a lunch with Zach Vol at twelve. So shout out Zach, who's another Austin-based Bitcoiner. Um, the uh, oh, non-endemic sponsors, like meaning non-endemic, be like non-Bitcoin related. Yeah, Matt and I are always looking for those, dude. Like shout I, out, shout out to Ammo Seek. To who? Ammo Seek. They came on for. 
for a month. Oh, okay. I want to find ammo. Oh, find ammo. Ammo seek. Got it. It's Keeper's like, heart. We're giving you free tick. It's time to... Uh, Dude, I, I actually do think there is, like, if... We'll talk about this, but I do think there's going to be some really interesting stuff, like... Like cheddar which is a competitor like a newer gen competitor or was a newer gen competitor like cnbc mm-hmm. those f- those amazing people put these dunkin donuts like cups on there like run by duncan and i'm pretty sure duncan pays on millions of freaking dollars just to have their cup on the table yeah you know we got, we got a clean table we got 1031 there you know that's a free spot a free spot for you Put some uh, whiskey or uh, coffee. I do think coffee is a, is a is a good one. Like that's what I want to do with like Bex and others. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like it's fun too. Like you know, like if whatever you're consuming or use utilizing, and you want to showcase, and there could be some exchange of value or no exchange. Who knows? But um, yeah, world yeah. is the world is bright, man. It is. The world is bright because we have people like you living in Dude. it. Dude, we're gonna win. We're going to win. We're in the midst of the bear markets, freaks. Could get worse. We could drop lower. We're in the bear market. I'm coming off pods. I'm creating pods. Like, this is crazy now. Now we're going to go rip. It's, uh, you can't lose with people like this, even when the price is down. Okay. Rod, again, this was long overdue. I'm happy you finally decided to come on this side of the camera. Thanks, man. Uh, it's been a blast. I mean, this two hours was just like two minutes. So I uh, appreciate you, buddy. First of many. Let's do it, man. We're definitely going to have to do some in the lead up into the Invitational and post-Invitational. We're going to have to do like a, like literally the day of the Invitational will be all like bombed post and just like well, turn the cameras on. Well, the thing is like... Just talk shit on each other. Well, hopefully well, what, we're not talking shit. Hopefully we're celebrating. Yeah, that's but. right. But like we could have like a lot. I mean, there's like... D- if DLCs ever get to where I think they could get to, like imagine if there's like live... DLCs from like people that are on site as well as globally that are participating. Maybe there's like a live stream of like, you know, video of shots and so on. It's like, all right, who's going to drive it further, Marty or Rod? We have an on the ground Oracle. Yeah, on the ground Oracle that's like there. And it's like 10,000 sats, you know, who pipes it further? And it's like, okay, Marty just, Rod topped it and uh, Marty piped it. And it's just like, confirmed, done. And then it's just, I mean, that could be pretty dope. Live bets. All right. Yeah. We got this out there, the the invitational. Now we got months to brainstorm around it. Let's do it. And we can crowdsource around brainstorming on Discord. That's right. Maybe I'll go download Discord. Oh, yeah, dude. Love to have you, man. All right. Enjoy your lunch with Zach. Yeah, thank Tell you. Tell him I said what's up. Will do. Peace and love, freaks. Take